0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Welcome to Buckeyes tomorrow morning for Sunday, September 11th. I'm your host, Tom Moore. The Toledo game is in six days. The game against Michigan in 76 days. I'm joined by Kevin Noon here in the uh, post-game atmosphere of Ohio Stadium. Ohio State 45, Arkansas State 12. It was not exactly a thing of beauty, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, it was it was not an incredible win by any means. It was not the most explosive game in the history of Ohio State football or anything, but you look at it afterwards and it's like, I, you know, i don 't know what specifically other than some silly defensive penalties i don 't know what else people would really have to complain about.
2: yeah, it was the least convincing convincing win that I've seen this season from Ohio State. I guess <laughs> um, uh, some silly penalties. I think that there were a couple like three drives that I think Ryan Day would really like to have back in terms of the play calling, either they got really vanilla in them or just what for whatever reason they really got bogged down. And you know, we get through the first half and it's just kind of like a eh, with the announced crowd of 100,000 and a little bit of change, which I think may have been about uh, what do you say about 20k more than we're actually here at least 15. But you look at the book, you look at the numbers and they're not bad. Um, But you know, I think it's you can you can play well for 97% of the game and you don't play well for 3% of the game and we're going to we're going to gravitate towards the three.
1: Yeah, well, and th- that's the standard at Ohio State. The standard at Ohio State is you don't play with your food against a team like Arkansas State. You just take care of business. And that's not to say that that has always been how these games have played out, but that's sort of what the expectation is. Let- let's start on the defense because I feel like we, talk- we always talk first about the offense. Let's talk about the defense first because the defense has kind of been the story of the summer and the story of the fall so far. They... Struggled to get off the field at times. They had a bunch of silly penalties. You had, you know, personal fouls here, there, and here and there. You had a bunch of real silly offside penalties. It just seemed like probably focus issues. Arkansas State had, you know, nine play drive, ten play drive. You know, they struggled to get off the field at times. But at the end of the day, Arkansas State rushes for like one point something yards per rush. Five for 20 on third down. They're getting off the field eventually, uh, you know, when, when they had to. So, uh, you know, how, how do you grade this Ohio State defensive performance?
2: Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to put a letter grade on it because we'll say this, Arkansas State scored four field goals, no touchdowns. So there may be the big pop that happened to get them some yardage or whatnot, and then Ohio State's defense stiffened. And so there's something to be said there, and I think if we go back to last year's defense, on how many of those drives is that capped with a seven and not a three. So I think that, you know, they did some things very well. It's going to be really hard to give them a a, a really high passing grade with those little focus issues, three offsides, four offsides, whatever they had there, you know, some other, you know, just some other dumb penalties in terms of, you know, you want to clean that stuff up. But individually, I mean, they are guys that you can, I mean, I I felt that the, the defense was very aggressive with the blitzing. I think Mike Hall, before he left the game, had a really solid game. Uh, Tommy Eikenberg looked really good. Steel Chambers looked really good. I mean, there were a lot of good moments. Um, Denzel Burke on the other hand, may want to burn this game film because he struggled a little today.
1: Yeah, Denzel Burke just didn't didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't horrendous. He wasn't getting torched the way you can. You sometimes see guys get getting torched, but it just he got picked on a little bit, which is not what you expect from a. Sunbelt team going up against a guy who started as a freshman who's already being talked about as a you know, potential first-round NFL draft pick in a year. That's sort of not what you expect. The rest of the defense, I mean, you just mentioned a whole bunch of guys who had very good days, so let's talk. I mean, Mike Hall, we talked a lot about Mike Hall last week, so maybe we'll just mention three tackles for loss plus a sack for him. Still good. Yeah, still, still pretty good at the football. He went off uh, with an injury in the uh, third or fourth quarter, It looked like he might have gotten the knee to the helmet, something like that. He wasn't, you know, it wasn't a knee, you know, it wasn't his knee. It wasn't his ankle. They weren't looking at any of that kind of stuff. I think he might have just kind of gotten gotten whacked on the head a little bit. So come out as a precaution. We'll see if we see him next week. Ryan Day after the game did not seem super concerned about that. The defensive line on the whole played really well. But because the defensive line played really well and because of the way Jim Knowles is calling defense this year, and scheming the defense this year where we, we use the phrase block destruction a lot when we talk about what they what the defensive line wants to do that is opening things up for the Ohio State linebackers three the three of the top four tacklers on the team on Saturday were Ohio State linebackers and you, you just there were times when it was like the parting of the Red Sea and you know then Steel Chambers comes just zipping right up the gut and just bust the bust the Arkansas State quarterback right in the mouth. He talked after the game about just how how it's the defensive line is just making things so, so easy for them. And this is a little bit of a change of philosophy in what the Ohio State defensive line wants to do. But, I mean, the early returns, two weeks in, the early returns are really strong.
2: Well, it's amazing what happens when you don't have offensive linemen engaging your linebackers in the second level. Uh, The linebackers are able to sit there and have some free runs and be able to do some things and are not being obstructed. And... You know, I think that was one of the big things that a lot of us talked about with the new Jim Knowles system and how some of the responsibilities were that it should allow the linebackers granted, you know, a lot of times it's two of them to be more active, to be more productive as the defensive line has a different set of duties and responsibilities with how they do some things. So, uh, you know, I think that everybody came into this season. It's like, well, we know steel chambers. We know Tommy Eichenberg. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're all right. Well, I think people are saying a little bit of a different tune right now.
1: Yeah, those guys looked all right. Cody Simon when he came in, he looked all right. I mean, and and when I say all right, I mean better than all right. They were very strong. Someone else who came in late in the game, very late in the game, and looked better than okay was Caden Curry. I mean, we we talked on the pregame show about young guys. We were looking forward to seeing, and he was kind of towards the top of my list. And, you know, we didn't see a lot of the young guys. We only, you know, Kyle McCord got, what, one drive maybe, two drives. And, you know, you, you only saw a little bit of Dallin Hayden and, and some of those young guys. But, man, it did not take long for Caden Curry to make a major impression.
2: And, and Caden Curry got more uh, reps than some of the other freshman linemen. I did see Hero wow. Canoe, and I did see Kenyatta Jackson, and I did see uh, Omari Abor as well. But Caden Curry was, like, the first of the young linemen to come in and you know I think a lot of people overshoot what his height is he's he's on the short side I'll just say that but I mean he's a guy that always seems to be able to get loose Uh, you know the way he attacked the edge I mean he just had a quick move Uh, you know the uh, Arkansas state lineman just didn't really have an answer for him and it yes it's going to be a productive career if we see more of that and I understand that More often than not, Caden Curry is going to be going against much more highly regarded talent than what he saw today. But in in, in your first taste, that's pretty good.
1: It reminds me a little bit of last year when we saw Jack Sawyer with, what, three, four sacks in the Ohio State spring game. And it's like, yes, he's going against true freshmen, but all the other guys are going against the same people, and he's the one who's making all the plays. So that kind of tells you, you know, it kind of validates a lot of stuff we've been hearing where – he was someone who you, you were hearing during fall camp, like yeah, he's working with the twos sometimes during these these scrimmages they're running. Well, now, now you now you see why he you know some of the older guys in that defensive line room have already fallen behind J.T. Tuimoloau and Jack Sawyer in terms of number of snaps that they're getting in a game. You wonder over the course of the season, if Caden Curry might kind of continue climbing that ladder as well. Not looking for him to have 50 snaps next week against Toledo or against Wisconsin, but just, you know, if he goes from 10 snaps to, you know, in a month he's getting 15, and then in early November he's getting 20, that would not be a big surprise to me. Yeah. On the other side of the ball, uh, someone who got plenty of snaps and did a whole lot with them was C.J. Stroud, who uh, was just over 20 yards per completion, which um, seems pretty good. He was uh, they, they ended up uh, at the end of the game 13.5, I think, yards, or 13.2 yards per completion. Everyone last, last week was complaining they were throwing the ball too much and they weren't running the ball. If they're, Kevin, going to be completing two-thirds of their passes and completing them for 13.2 yards per attempt – feels like you could probably throw the ball and it'd be okay.
2: Oh, um, another 300-yard game. But, you know, when you only threw for 230 or whatever it was against Notre Dame, I mean, obviously, you know, a very successful day throwing the ball. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. was his major target. I mean, as, as everybody knows, no Jackson Smith and Jigba, no Julian Fleming. But – When you you, we you go back and you watch the game and you see what C.J. Stroud was able to do. I mean, I think the line did a good job of of of, of keeping the pocket pretty, you know, the integrity of the pocket was pretty strong. He did have to scramble a couple few times, but you know, he was he was out there throwing darts and when I mean, I have said it before and I'll say it again. We're not that far removed from the days of where 56% 56% passing was like not really considered that all that awful and you know he's he's far surpassed that
1: yeah he was 71% I believe week one or 72% week one 67% week two I mean that'll that'll play I think he was I think he was 72% week one and uh, was 71% last year so he's you know right in that neighborhood and you're doing it without Jackson Smith and Jigba you're doing it without Julian Fleming but you do have a couple cheat codes out there uh, boy Marvin Harrison Junior might be pretty good, huh?
2: Three touchdowns should have had four. Um, they called one incomplete uh, as at like the goal line as it kind of came out of his hands. I think it could have been debated anyway, but it, it, it all ended up working out for Ohio State at that point. And then, of course, you have a Mecca, Abuka as well, but this Marvin Harrison, I'll just start there. Wow, you know, for somebody who really was not able to see a lot of playing time early in the season because, last year because of Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and the aforementioned Jackson Smith Jigba, Once Olave and Wilson cleared the deck at the Rose Bowl, catches three touchdowns, goes on and catches three touchdowns here. And uh, I know that everybody watched uh, Buckeye Weekly before to hear the story on there that he's only the second player in Ohio State history to have multiple three touchdown reception games. The other being Joseph Galloway.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, it's amazing when you get guys who are doing that and it's the second game of his second season, you know, and he didn't start most of his freshman season and that was, so it's the second time in three games that he's done that. That's, that's putting him in the range where, you know, you used to have Dwayne Haskins breaking passing records that were, you know, he broke career passing records in like one season. That's what, what you're sort of starting to see now. CJ Stroud starting to do some of that stuff, but you know, in the in the receiving game, you're starting to see that with, with Marvin Harrison, which is, I mean, which is crazy. And then the question is, you know, how much better is this team when Jackson Smith and Jigba gets back? Because when Jackson Smith and Jigba gets back and potentially Julian Fleming gets back, you also have Emeka Ibuka who was nine catches, 90 yards last week, uh, four catches and 118 yards this week. You know, he's another guy who just you know, I don't. I don't know what you can say. You know, he had four catches, 118 yards. Plus, he had a punt return that got called back on a penalty. I mean, he has just been. He, he was the a five star number one receiver in the class. And it's like, boy, sometimes, sometimes you see a guy who's rated like that. You're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know where, you know, I don't know what they were looking at when they said that. Like, it's like, yeah, no, I, I can see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, speedy player. I mean, I think that he just looks a lot more complete now than maybe last year. I mean, again, we didn't get to see a lot of him last season, but. Another dangerous weapon as, uh, you know, I think you look right now and you're like, all right, well, maybe Ohio State's a little thin at receiver. You've got four unproven freshmen that came in with the recruiting class. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw a lot of Xavier Johnson early on in the game. I think some of that, though, too, was kind of a. Well, you did us a solid and in, in the Notre Dame game we're going to we're going to reward hard work and production with with some playing time, but once they get that much deeper i mean who do you who do you guard at that point? who do you guard when you have j s n marvin Harrison, abuka if you, if you if you empty it out really and if you throw you know Fleming out there as well i mean you're going to get some favorable matchups
1: well you're going to get favorable matchups and if you even if you do have all those wide receivers guarded well they, they do have running backs on this Ohio State team too uh Trey van Henderson 10 carries 87 yards couple touchdowns long 41 yarder had an, the first one was just I mean it was the first one was probably from five six yards out something like that but it was just it was so well blocked it was you know he's running right up the gut between you know between the guards five yards and was just untouched on the way into the end zone and it was like he made a nice cut but the cut wasn't that nice there was just there was no one there because the, the line just took care of things he had he has another game 8.7 yards per carry Mayan Williams. Five point eight yards per carry, which you know, based on this year, is like oh, a very disappointing five point eight yards per carry. That's the worst for either either of those guys in the first two weeks. But five point eight yards per carry is also, you know, he's he's not necessarily the big play guy, quote unquote. He's the thunder guy to the, to Trivian Henderson's lightning. This is a this is as much of a pick your poison uh, Ohio State offense. I think as we were envisioning and that's before you get Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming back,
2: right? I mean, let's remember that you know there are you know there are the missing players that were that we're looking at for Ohio State, but you know today really did a lot in terms of showing what they can do with some of the pieces. I think that they were able to evaluate what kind of happened against Notre Dame. I mean, obviously. Uh, When you look at Arkansas State, they're not as deep or talented as Notre Dame, so that gave Ohio State some opportunities there. But I think that this is going to be something that's just going to continue to translate forward. I think what they just need to make sure that they're able to do is that they don't outthink themselves and have as many blank frames as maybe that they had today.
1: Yeah, it it, it was, I think, a, you know, not, not a mind blowing performance by any means. It was not the greatest game in Ohio State history or anything like that. But it was just it was it was kind of solid lots of stuff to teach off of and you know i think most importantly they're 2-0 you know we just talked about notre dame what did notre dame do on saturday well they lost to marshall so and and you've had you had a bunch of games around the country on saturday that were kind of a lot closer than you might have expected notre dame or uh, sorry alabama goes down to texas and needs to kick a field goal with like 10 seconds left to escape by a single point And in a game where Texas lost their starting quarterback, I mean, that was Alabama in some real peril there. Georgia didn't look great in the first half against uh, Samford. Texas A&M, as of the time we're recording this, was still tied with Appalachian State. It just There's a lot of those kinds of teams. Clemson did not have a very good first half against Furman. I mean, it just... This is this is college football and one of the things that makes college football a lot of fun is that college football players are not always particularly consistent performers and you're not necessarily going to get the same exact effort every week. So there is a certain point where, you know, a a win is a win and this was better than just a win is a win. This was not a barely scraped by. It wasn't perfect by any means, but it feels like this is one that. I don't know if Ohio State fans are happy with it, but it feels like Ohio State fans should be fairly happy
2: with it. Did they cover? No. Did all? Did you, myself, and Tony all pick them to like put up like a lot more points? Yes. But with that being said, I think that there's still a lot of positives you can take out of this game. Uh, you no, know, you don't have to sit there and like the penalties. You don't have to like certain things like there. I guarantee you Ryan Day and his coaches don't like it either. So it doesn't – for the barometer check that doesn't make you out of line. It doesn't make them out of line. I think everybody can come together and agree that this team still has some work to do, but you yeah, have work to do sitting two and O right now, whereas Notre Dame is sitting o and two and there are other teams and you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find out, you know, as, as Tom said, as we we're kind of recording this a little earlier where things stand at that point.
1: Yeah. And where things stand now for Ohio state is Toledo is on deck. That'll be next Saturday night in the horseshoe. We will have complete coverage, uh, pregame and postgame. We have uh, we did our usual pregame coverage on uh, Saturday. Did our extended postgame coverage as well. Tony Gerdeman and uh, Devin Radcliffe doing some immediate postgame. Then had your whole Ohio State uh, interview sessions. Got uh, Ryan Day and. Uh, C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison and Steel Chambers and, and Travion Henderson. Henderson and Cody and, uh, Simon up there and, for and you a of Josh Proctor. and a little bit of Josh Proctor. So, you know, get, getting you a little taste of uh, what, you know, what some of the Buckeyes had to say after the game and then uh, Tony and I then doing our usual Buckeye weekly postgame instant reaction show. So, if you have not been part of those postgame shows before, it's actually a lot of fun. We do a lot of running. Uh, it is a, it's a little, it's a little busy, it's a little hectic. But those shows have been a lot of fun, and we've gotten some really good feedback on them so far. So, make sure if you are, have, are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, it's youtubecom Huddle. Make sure you're subscribed there. Hit the bell icon, and that will get you notified when we go live. So, when we do a live pregame show, we do a live post-game show. Sometimes we do one of one of the, one of the uh, m- these morning show lives. Uh, you know, whichever it is you uh you know you will get notified so you don't you get a chance to be a part of it those shows are are as fun as you guys make them because we you know it's a conversation that's the whole yeah, point of that show it's a conversation yes. yeah we, we like to answer your questions and all that kind of stuff because we, we're here for you if you're not watching we don't really have much to do so uh be, make sure you're uh, subscribed to that youtube channel and uh, are a part of those shows and also make sure you're subscribed to buckeyehuddle.com fantastic website really great community we uh, last week Thursday maybe last week there was a uh, one of our members who said hey why don't you guys do an you know do do like a staff chat haven't you know haven't done just do like a staff Q&A or something like that. And we just kind of went, OK. Right. And then like 20 minutes later, we started a staff chat and had hundreds of messages all day long and dragged, You know, w- went into the next day. And so again, we're, we're there. We're there for you. So uh, whatever you guys want, we will try and make that happen. That's at BuckeyeHuddle.com. Sign up to become a member today. That huddle board, really, really fun, active community. A uh, lot of uh, really really good time and a lot of good information. Uh, got Ross Fulton and Justin Whitlatch and Devin Radcliffe doing X's nose for us. Kevin and Tony and I covering the team together. And, of course, Mark Givler and Alex Gleitman doing recruiting. Absolutely killing it on recruiting. Mark is, uh, I think, covering four high school football games this weekend, really working overtime. I'm going to guess you're going to hear from Mark on one of these morning shows in the next couple days as well. So that'll do it for today. Thank you guys all for joining us. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
0: With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.